Hello and welcome to a Christmas episode of that Disney Parts podcast. This one sounds slightly different to the Patreon one. Uh, pay to find out, I suppose. Um, and on this episode, I'm joined by Craig. Ho, ho, ho. And that's so much safer than what's going out on Patreon. And we are joined by a special guest for, for both our festive episodes, actually. Um, and that's someone we've had on fairly recently. When did we have you on last? Was it back in the summer? Oh, sometime the summer after the cruise, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, oh, of course. Cruise. It was the, the staycation cruise, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, yep. we are joined by Steve Wilson. Merry Christmas, everyone. Nice oh, look at, look at that. Look how professional, Craig. You're taking notes. Huh? You're taking notes there. Um, you can replace me, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think anyone would notice. A slightly different accent, but, you know. Not too dissimilar. No, 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 exactly. And we, we know from polling that uh, northern accents are more appreciated than southern accents, which is why uh, everyone hates me, I think. But um, we, we've got you accent. on. It's not the accent. Okay, fair enough. No. Just everything else. Um, but yes, Steve, we, we asked you on because uh, you have just come back from Florida for the first time. I mean, well, when did you last go to Florida? Last time, our last day in Disney was the final act of Illuminations, so that would have been the last day of September 2019, just over two years ago. Right, okay, okay, fair enough. So, yeah, so uh, a long time. Um, yeah. You know, Craig, our last time was uh, September, it's wasn't it? September. Yeah. Same time. September, we, were, we were in Hollywood Studios the same day, Nick. You and Paul were there, and we were there the same day. No, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just didn't bump in you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I was wearing a t-shirt that day. I was very hard to uh, to recognise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so because because you've um, because you've been there uh, so recently, and obviously many Brits are either rebooking holidays or uh, are now booking holidays because you know there's more freedom, the most freedom we've had since the pandemic first started. Um, we wanted to kind of get your well, your your trip report really, your kind of review of what post COVID Disney is like for a Brit going over. Um yeah. so I suppose first of all, um I won't ask how you got there because there's not many ways you can get to Florida from England. Oh, of course, how rude of me and how unfestive. I haven't asked what anybody's drinking. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Thank nice. you for knowing the show better than me. Um yeah. <laughs> oh, Craig's got something as well. Craig, what are you drinking? So I got off my train in Liverpool today and there was a um, Green King, um, I think it was Morrison's maybe, Icebreaker Pale Ale, they were giving them away for free. Oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Nothing like a free beer. Um, Steve, what are you drinking? I've got a Brew Dog Overworks. Um, oh, I like a good Brew Dog. A Comic Raspberry Sour. Oh, Lady drink or is that a man drink? It's four and a half percent, so it's got a bit of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, it's a little man drink that, yeah. I'll give off. What's yours? Man. What's yours, Craig? How much is yours? Um two two four and a half four and a half percent as well. There you go. We're man drink twins. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um yes, so we we've we've got that out of the way. Okay. So yeah, we know how you got there. Yeah, you obviously mm-hmm. flew, but uh how was the the flight experience like how different was it compared to you know your previous experiences olden days um it wasn't too bad um we we flew from manchester this time and we as, as we always do with early flight we get there the night before and check into a hotel um the only difference the night before this time was we had to get um the the tests to go um the, the ones that the americans require which is just a lateral flow test is, is the minimum. So we did that in the um, in the airport. Um, I think they they cost about thirty five quid each or something for for us to get over there. Um, and there's a half hour test. So you, you get your test taken, you leave, and then within half an hour you get your uh, your result back by email. Quite a stressful half an hour um, waiting to see if you can go. But thankfully, on this occasion, the, the both came back negative, and then. Um, yes. Went is, to twilight, is Twilight check still a thing or is no, it gone? No, Twilight check-in seems to have gone from Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that was gone. Um, there was no option. I mean, coming back 
obviously jumping ahead, but there's no option coming back for, for checking either. Um, so no, that 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 was it. That, that it's all changed that in, in that respect. Um, in terms of the flights, uh, airports, I'd expect it's generally masks on for the the full the full journey. As soon as you get in the airports, other than eating and drinking and on the plane, masks on. Um, you know, most people, ninety five percent of people tend to wear the masks all the time. Um, there's a few that don't. Um, those that get told by the stewardesses to put the mask back on, they do. And then once they've disappeared, too much, put the mask to back off. But but what can you do? Um, Did the aeroplane have a supply of masks? Um, Say so you genuinely yes. forgot your mask. Yes, they did. Uh, when when you boarded the plane, both ways, they gave you uh, a, a pack. And these packs had um, hand wipes in them and masks as well. So um, it's no excuse, the, really. No, no excuse at all. Um, and it was fine, you know. You get used to it, don't you? It's just you, you put your mask on, you put the TV on, and you sit and watch TV for a few hours. And it's to me, it's not a big problem, but for some people, clearly it is. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, look, there are of course going to be people that are, um, you know, have got breathing difficulties mm. and stuff like that, where it might be more of a challenge. I, I completely understand that, but just being a bit uncomfortable or just not something you're happy to do isn't enough of a reason in my opinion and that tends to be uh my experience of that i mean i've only the only time i've had to travel like that for a a prolonged period of time was um when i went to brighton last year and i had to i was on train for just over an hour and we had to wear masks the whole time and it was it was fine it it is what it is um but actually like i said on a recent episode of um that disneyland paris podcast you know what i would say to people uh, when you know that you've got to do this and you're going to have to wear one for a prolonged period of time is actually, you know, do a bit of research, invest in something that costs more than two quid or is more than just a, a flimsy paper one because they make, you know, they can make such a difference. And, you know, I've got a mask that is, I could wear for hours and it, you know, mm. there's enough space in there that it, it doesn't aggravate anything or it's not annoying. It, it just sits there and you almost forget about it. And it, it makes a, a big difference, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the other differences, I think, were just some of the other paperwork, you know, passenger locator forms going over, um, upload. You have to go onto the website and upload your your passports, um, your first and second job. You've got to upload your, your negative tests, all these things. It's just a, it's a little bit of a faff, but once you get used to it, um, it isn't too difficult. But And then you go through the whole thing of them checking it when you get, to the airport, um, double checking it, and then again checking it once you arrive in America as well. Um, but generally, it was it was a very quick process, uh, especially is, on, on the American side. Is the in-flight service still the same, or has any um, of that been cut back? It hasn't been cut back. Um, I, I, the entertainment packages are, are what they are. I think at the moment, because there's not been too many films at the cinema, the choices there are, are not as good as they would be under normal circumstances. So there's a lot more older films to, to pick and choose from. Um, the one thing I would say that I think had gone down, and, and, and Jane as well, was, was the food quality. Um, there seemed to be less choice of food on the plane. And um, and what you did get, we thought was pretty dour, to be honest. Um, which, you know, for Vir- we use Virgin a lot. We've used them most of the time, and they're normally pretty good. But I would say the food service was was pretty poor, but the quality of the the staff, you know, as always with Virgin, seemed excellent. What about the drinks? Were they free flowing, or were they regulated um, a bit more than usual? They seemed no, they seemed okay. Came around with the usual early offers of you know your cokes and your oranges and all these things, um, wine and beers with your drinks, and and I think if you wanted drinks whenever you want them, you, you could still get them. Um, they seem as free flowing as normal um so yeah so no no change in that which was good i've seen um i can't remember it might have been ba it might have been virgin i know it's one of the bigger companies but somebody went on a, a long haul flight recently and had uh the vegan meal option and it was uh two rice cakes and some carrot sticks nice. <laughs> which <laughs> i mean i've i've not flown um and had a, a, a vegetarian. I've had a vegetarian meal actually. I, had a, I think I had like vegetable curry. I always, something. I always go like halal. Actually, we did, didn't we? When Hindi, we flew to yeah, yeah, we flew to Florida. But um, yeah, it was uh, 
you know, in this day and age, you expect more than a couple of rice cakes and carrot sticks. That's just really, yeah. really poor. So I was, uh, I was worried about that. Um, how was uh, using? Did you, did you did you have to use the NHS COVID pass in America? Was that accepted, or did you have to just stick to their own like local we, guidance? Yeah, we we uploaded our passes um, onto the the, web, the Virgin websites. Um, it was all in one place to do that, and mm-hmm. that and that was it really. Um, obviously, it had been uploaded to their sides. They'll, they'll have obviously checked it, and it was okay. So you see, one, once we got there, we never used passes anywhere. We didn't need them. Um, right, okay. whether that's that was hotels, parks, shops, anything. Although I think um, that's a that's a Florida State thing. I think they, they possibly quite yes in that yeah. regard. Yes, that, that's possibly the case. Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? If you've preloaded onto one server and and that ticks the box, then for the rest of the resort, really, doesn't it? Yeah, but in yeah. Um, in New York, you have to check in everywhere you go. Um, yeah, but that's not a self-contained city, is it? Uh, like well, Disney World is. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. The, the yeah Disney World itself is, but I'm talking like generally. Yeah. You know. And I know any restaurants we went to offsite. No one checked any of them. Yeah. No one, That's what I mean. And, and you yeah. you would do that in some states, so it's it yeah. varies uh, state by state. Um. Yeah. But where did you actually stay? We first the first two nights the whole day changed. See, originally we were going to be going on a cruise. And then with everything that happened, we, we weren't sure it was going to happen, so we, we changed that. So our first two days, we're at Old Key West, uh, which is our DVC, home, one of our home resorts. Then we were going to go on a cruise for four nights, but we cancelled that. So instead of doing that, we booked the Hard Rock at Universal, had four nights at Universal, and then came back to Old Key West for the final eight, eight nights as well. I mean, at this point, I will reveal that. Steve was the secret yes. provider of uh, <laughs> the photographs and the Twitter rants. He was our—he was our version of the secret barrister, but the thing, yes. the, the, secret, yeah. the, the secret theme park enthusiast or something, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It was—it was good fun tweet, uh, speaking to Craig all the time and him uploading and seeing him on there. I, that is something that I don't think has ever been uttered by a single other person. <laughs> but not even me. Nan said that <laughs> no, she liked you. Um, yeah. So we are gonna. We will talk about your Universal stay on mm. uh, that Universal podcast. So yeah. uh, you can go over and listen to that episode because that'll be released at the same time. Um, but so you 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 set at Old Key West, and where else did you stay? Uh, well, Old Key West twice. So it was first two nights Old Key West, and then back to Old Key West for the other eight nights. Um, and I suppose the the big difference there now is that it's much easier to do this sort of automatic check in. Um, you get an email or a text. Uh, before you before you even get to the hotel, gives you your your room number, and as long as you've got your magic band or or, or a key card, um, you don't even need to go to the uh, the check in. You just go straight wow. to your room now, which That's is excellent. which That's, is much it, it is much better. It is it is a lovely experience that. Mm. But do you know when you walk in uh, to the hotel to check in yeah. in the old days, you made to feel you know welcome home and. You, you just feel 10 foot tall because you're mm. checking into a Disney hotel. Did, did you not miss that side of things? I think it, I think with Old Key West, it's a little bit different because it's a, a sprawling resort and it, it's sort of village rather than a hotel. So I don't think you really miss that there. I think if you're going to one of the, the, the bigger resorts like Animal Kingdom Lodge or Wilderness Lodge or any places, then yes, you probably might miss that sort of going to the, the check-in and, uh, and having that sort of over the top welcome, etc. But I think with this place, with being DVC, um, it, it's probably not quite as important. No, but I don't um, know what you mean, Craig. Did you did you Magical Express? I can't remember. Yes, we did. Yeah. Obviously, our last time on Magic Express that, that finishes in about a week's time, doesn't it? I think end, end of yeah. this year. Yeah. So yeah, we 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 picked up Magic Express to go and and to come back as well, uh, and that was that was good. It's it's pretty quick. You know, you're on. You're downstairs on the bus within about 15 20 minutes and i think we were the the first drop off on the way there um, coming back was a bit more problematic it was a bit rushed because the bus was a bit late um but we got there in time so it, it, it's a great service and to be honest it'll be missed because you know we got into that a bit late we've always hired a car um, from the airport and took back the airport but to be honest it's much easier to get magic express to disney and then pick up a car a day or two later and drop it off 
you know, on, on the last day or the day before you're mm. coming home. It just makes it a bit easier to, you know, you're not rushing around, you're not panicking on filling fuel and things on the last day. It just makes it a bit more pleasant, I guess. And that, that'll be missed, I think. So talking about cars, because I know uh, there's been a lot of discussion on our shows about car hire. Uh, we've seen skyrocketing prices uh, across the board and everything like that. What, what did you do on this trip? Did you hire a car in the end? We did. Um, we weren't going to hire a car. We were going to leave it to Uber and, and, and different things and use the transportation. But we do like to get off site. We like to go to the outlet malls and places. So we stayed without a car for the first six days. So we... We, we did the first two days at Key West and used the Disney buses to get to the theme parks, which were fine. Then we Ubered across, or used Lyft actually, a bit cheaper, to get to Hard Rock and and from there to the rental place. Then we picked up a car on day six. And we had a car for, I think, uh, seven or eight days. Um, we, we did that because the prices were absolutely ridiculous, to be honest. We were getting quotes of over a £1,000 for... Um, for two weeks at one point or 10 days. Um, is that an yes. extravagant car or is that like no, a Fiesta? This, this is a, yeah, this is an economy car, a Fiesta, wow. a Kia Rio or something, nothing, nothing great. Um, and we've, Jane found a person online, I think it was on one of the DBC forums. And I think, I think Craig actually tweeted this out, discounts Florida car hire a company in this country based in, in uh, Hull or somewhere who are able to get you better rates. So we, we spoke to that chap and we got a quote for, I think it was around about 210 to 250 quid for uh, the week, wow. which is a hell of a lot less than we could could get it for online. So we took up on that and we got a, he did it for us and we picked up a budget car near Hard Rock and we dropped it off um, near Disney Springs. So we're going to use them again in the future because he's very, very good. Um, all set out for you. And as I say, three or four times cheaper than we could find anywhere else. Uh, well, it sounds like a great advert, and if they want to sponsor the yeah. show professionally, they're more than welcome to get in touch. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, so with that, um, with with the cost of the car hire, what's the parking rates like at Old Key West, or because it's DVC, it's free? DVC's free, yeah. That's what, One Perfect. of the benefits we do get is that if we book up as, as a DVC member, I think it's included sort of within our annual dues. That right. we pay, um, so it can. But I think it's classed as deluxe resort, isn't it? So it would be at the upper end of the scale of around what twenty five dollars a day. I, I believe, I believe so. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, when yeah. when me and Craig last went, um, and we were staying, at, you know, we stayed at Universal, so it wasn't didn't really matter with regards to Disney. But we just got um, lifts or Ubers, whichever. Again, like you say, whichever was cheaper. Mm. I got uh, for a first time customer. I think I got. Um, like $15 free or something with Lyft. So I used them uh, first. Um, and we just used those to get from Universal to Disney and back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's how much you think you're going to spend and what your budget's going yeah. to be as to is a car hire up and paying parking fees going to be cheaper against yeah. using uh, alternative services. But that's, that's yeah. you know, good to know. And um, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think for a DVC member, it, it's, it's possibly a no-brainer because of the lack of the parking fees. If you've got yep. parking fees on there, then I would have second thoughts, to be honest. It's just that we like to get off sites um, and, and eat in other restaurants. And, and, you know, I think the cost of the car is easily, you know, overcome when you look at the difference between the cost of eating on Disney property and eating off sites um, <laughs> yeah. over, over a couple of weeks. So <laughs> it, it's a no-brainer for us. A couple it's, of meals and you've, the car's basically free at that point, isn't it? Yeah. Not, not far off, yeah. 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 So, uh, so you you did a split stay, so you did two days, and then uh, the rest of the holiday after your trip to Universal. So, yeah. um, we're not going to go down hour by hour, but like, what were your, your first no. two days like? First two days, uh, I think the usual for a, for a Brit going over, wake up about half past four, five o'clock in the morning. Best day uh, of the holiday, as you always do, ready to go to the parks. Um, so, I think what we decided to do on that first day, because we knew that was going to happen anyway. We thought we're going to go to Hollywood Studios. So we, we, as you know now, you've got to actually pre-book your days in in the different theme parks. So we'd we'd booked up a day in in the theme parks for those two weeks, and we thought, well, we'll get to Hollywood Studios first thing in the morning because we know fine well the queues for Rise of Resistance are going to be be big. But if you're a if you're a Disney guest, you can get in there half an hour early. Um, I think the park opened at nine, so you're having at half past eight. 
in actual fact, they let you in a lot earlier than that. Um, um, we got in there, I think, about quarter to eight, I think, in the morning that day. Uh, jumped on a bus to get there and basically headed straight for Rise of Resistance. Um, and we were in the queue, I think, around about eight o'clock in the morning. The, the Holger outside of Galaxy's Edge, the Holger um, on what I guess was the old streets of Hollywood uh, out there until about eight o'clock. And then they start, they start to walk you through. Um, and we basically were, I think, sent forward after Craig and we were right near the front. There was about 100, 200 people in front of us and that was it. Um, so we were quite lucky in that respect to get on it. It did go down. It, it, did, it did go down for a short delay before it even opened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, st- we stayed in the queue and um, we got on there and we were, I think we were on there and off by about 29. So we we're actually ridden the ride before the park had even opened to um, <laughs> off-site guests, which yeah, was great because you can then walk onto other rides. You know, if you can do that, you know, if you're a hotel guest and you get there as early as you can, you can get that ride done. You can then move to the other, the other rides like, like the Falcon ride, like Rock and Roll, of course, and all these things, Mickey Minis Runaway Railway. And get them done while everyone else is queuing for rise of resistance. That that would be my tip: is get them do it as early as you can. Yeah, and I, I guess as well with something like rise of resistance because it's an inside ride. Then, because mm. I'm not, I, I'm not a big fan of like first in the morning going on an outdoor coaster. I don't know why. It's just that it's a mental thing. Um, but a lot of those attractions in the studios, especially, are indoors, aren't they? So yeah, yeah. You've only got Slinky Dog uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, is that, is that really. no. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's that's um, that's a good tip actually. Yeah. And um, it's the Kraken ride. <laughs> it really is a good ride. Um, you know when it works because we we got in the queue <laughs> three times for it, and every single time it was delayed. The first time was only five ten minutes. The second time we got in there, I think five ten minutes later than the the first time we tried, and we were probably behind about three thousand people. And the queue went all the way through Galaxy's Edge, back out of Galaxy's Edge, round the back of the Muppets, backstage, and then back into Galaxy's Edge and into the queue area. And eventually we had to just skip out because it, it, it went down. It wasn't come back on. And it actually was down till lunchtime that day. And we were in the queue at about quarter to eight, eight o'clock. Oh, so, yeah. So we, we made the choice to jump out, yeah, and, and, and go somewhere else. But and again, the, the the last time we went on, I think on on the the last day or the penultimate day, we went in the queue for it. We got quite far forward, and it, it went down. Um, we waited for about half an hour, and thankfully it came back online, so we did get it right at second time. But it's it's very hit and miss. It's very hit and miss. Let's put it that way. But it is a very very good ride. Um, now the other like new rides um, that you you said. You, you mm-hmm. mentioned that you'd gone on. Uh, yeah. That wasn't there the, first, the last time you went was uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which obviously replaced yeah. uh, the great movie ride. So um, what did you think of that? Um, I always liked the great movie ride. Um, I think it could have done with being updated um, with different mm. scenes potentially over the years. Um, but it, it, it's a good replacement. Um, it's the same sort of, you know, it's the same sort of um, vehicles. You're in these um, quite wide vehicles like you were with the great move ride, but obviously in this case, they are these tra- trackless based ride systems where you go through the first thing and then you, you sort of move around different rooms. Um, yeah, it, it was a fun ride. It, it, it was a good ride. And I think it, it will benefit from multiple ridings because it's it's there's so much detail in the different scenes. Um, it, it, there must be about five or six different, different scenes, I think, in, in that ride. And... It, it, it looks it looks fantastic, you know. I think it's one thing they've been crying out for is obviously a Mickey a Mickey Mouse ride for many many years anyway, mm. and I, I think it will go on to be probably quite a classic ride and and definitely be worth riding every time you go. Well, definitely sounds... worth definitely worth you know definitely worth a good you know a good forty five minute wait for it. I think we were no more than about half an hour when we were there, and obviously we'll get on to ride wait times later on. I imagine uh, with Genie Plus etc. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth a good you know an, an hour or so. I would say waiting for that one. No, I mean that sounds uh, really promising. I'm I, I'm a big fan of those Mickey Mouse shorts anyway. So yeah. when I knew that that's what it was going to be based on, I thought, okay, that's that's up my alley. And like you, and I think Craig as well, you know, did like the great movie ride. Um, yeah. You know, if you like 
yeah if you and you know if you like films then it's great um yeah. but yeah i mean i think the biggest complaint for a lot of people is that so many of the scenes even for our ages was were yeah. quite dated do you know what i mean like some of those films were really old um so i don't think it probably really... if you take if you take your rose tinted glasses off as well it probably needed a lot of work to it oh, yeah. oh you're probably it... compensating yeah, it needs a lot of work. It need a lot of work doing to it, and also it just needed to have some some more uh, up to date references because yeah. you know it was so you know some of those films were like from the thirties. People yeah. people in their twenties do not care about films that were you know ninety years old. So I get it, but uh, but it's a shame nonetheless. Um, so. Oh, that was another question I was going to ask you actually, because you mentioned the fact that you do have to still, and this is going to be a long-term thing, book your days in the parks. Yes. So you booked Hollywood Studios for your first day. Um, what is that like now? Like, are you able to park up in the afternoon, or are you limited yeah, on that? You can't. I mean, there's a couple of issues I think with the whole system. Um, one is for for certain people, it's very hard to book park days in this country. If you're an annual past member um, and staying on site, there's a big issue that they're aware of, but this just have, simply haven't fixed. And the only way to overcome it nowadays is to use a VPN to access the American booking site Excellent. to book your days, um, which for someone, I, I didn't have a couple of VPNs before this, but I had to get used to it and, and, and I've got on my phone, I'll book them like that. But that was a, that was a real problem because you know, you're trying to book these days and it's it's thinking that you're only an annual pass holder, so you're not allowed to book three or four days in the future, but we're actually an annual pass holder with a hotel reservation or a DBC reservation. So we had to go through the this, this VPN and do on the American site. So I think that my, my view would be to to look at it and, and book up as, as far out as you can. You can always change them. There's not a problem with changing the days. And then when you get to the day, um, you can, yeah, when it gets to two o'clock in the afternoon, um, you can park up to a different park, as long as obviously that park wasn't, I presume, fully booked um, yeah. for, for that day. And, you know, I, I think there'll, there'll be a bit of leeway if you get that half one, they'd, they'd let you in. But more often than not, I mean, if you've been in the park at nine in the morning, you probably spend at least a full morning and a few hours in there before you go somewhere else. I'll go yeah. off somewhere else for lunch and, and then go. So I, I, I didn't find that a problem whatsoever. You know, that sort of park, you've got the park up an element still. And as I say, I don't recall ever going to a different park that early anyway, so not a problem at all. Where, where I think this system is is absolute dog shit is I'm a beach club. I'm sitting at the beach club. We're going to Magic Kingdom. Yeah. We had the option of walking through Epcot yeah. and then going to the Magic on Kingdom the that way, yeah. on the monorail. And that's been taken away now. That's an, you know Now you've got to just go and get on a bus. Yeah. Not only that, uh, Craig, you, you can't even walk through there because the park's not until 11 o'clock now at Epcot. Well, there you go, yeah. So, For some reason, uh, again, cost-cutting, um, hotel guests can get at half past 10 and everyone else at 11 o'clock. As far as I recall, whenever I've been before, apart from this trip, it was 9 o'clock open at Epcot um, with 11 o'clock for World Showcase. But now it's 11 o'clock for the whole lot. It, I just don't see the benefit of no. this. I, I get it when it was the height of COVID and all that, but effectively it's vanished in America now. You know, no one talks uh, about it anymore. Well, it hasn't. We know that. But o- Omicron is uh, it's ruining its, its head there now at the moment. Yeah. So it's getting announced change. at Universal on the Transformers ride next week. Um, <laughs> but the meeting greets but, outside. I mean, did you see any benefits while you were there of this park reservation, or is it just another level, 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 another level of bureaucracy? And it's, did you ever see any kicking off where people didn't have reservations getting turned away, that type of stuff? Um, I didn't see that as, as such. And I think even if there were, the, the time of year I went, because it was after Thanksgiving and before Christmas, so it was I, dead. I think it was, it was, it wasn't dead, but it's it, it certainly quieter than than. Those other two at times, oh, Thanksgiving yeah, and Christmas. Yeah. So even if you didn't have a reservation, you could probably get one anywhere on, on the morning. I think it's probably just Disney wanting to know about crowd control, how many's booked in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, probably, it's probably a system they could use at very busy times of the year. Things like the Christmas week, Thanksgiving, July the 4th, 
but I don't think it's required the rest of the year. I don't think it's needed. I think yeah, the other strange. thing as well with, I mean, potentially, um, you know, it could be down to staff levels as well. Um, yeah. As, as much as anything else. Um, I mean, we don't know the full ins and outs, but, you know, we know there were staffing issues and especially as well, you, you got to remember that, you know, those pavilions were often filled with uh, international uh, exchange program uh, candidates, which obviously... Yeah, the college pro college stuff and all yeah. that palaver, yeah. So, you, you know, that's you definitely lacking notice now. that in Epcot. You notice that in Epcot, when you've gone World Showcase, the pavilions feel a little bit different because they haven't got the, the international students or workers there. So that does feel a little bit different. And I hope I hope they bring that back as soon as they can and having the people from all over the world come back and work in there. I think, I'm, I'm sure I've seen that it is reopening or it's, or it's right. reopened for applications. But I mean, that's obviously still looking at the future because... It, you know, it's not like you you apply for it and you're you're there next week. You know, this stuff takes months. So I think they are yeah. planning for uh, the summer or autumn of next year when hopefully we will be in a an even more different place than we are now. But yeah. um, it is what it is. So we know what you did on your first day. What, did, had you booked yeah. Hollywood Studios for your second day, or did you book another park? Now I think we went to we went to Magic we went Magic Kingdom. No, mm -hmm. we didn't. We went to I think Epcot. I think Epcot on the on the second day. We might. Hollywood Studios first day, um, Epcot second day, and then a morning at Magic Kingdom before I went to Universal. And as I said, that, that was a bit different because obviously the, the park opened a bit later now, which was which was strange. Um, and I think we just we just had a, a quiet day, to be honest. I think we went, I think to be honest, we went in quite late that day, um, thinking that we would probably stay for Harmonious um, at the end of the day. Because that's, again, it, that's not until quarter to 10 at the moment. Um, rather than what was previously nine o'clock, but it's a bit later. So spending that much time in one park is, is it's a long day. So I think we actually um, potted around a bit, maybe went to the pool, um, Disney Springs, and, and then went in a bit later and did a few rides. Um, couldn't get on Remy on the first day. We left that till um, the second week. Uh, and But just did other things, just wandered around, went on Living with the Land, which we love. Um, I think we did test trackers, single riders, because the queues were, were quite long. Um, Sorum was quite short rides, short waits for that, so we went on that one. Uh, and yeah, again, just had a, a pleasant walk around, you know, a bit of food, as you do at the um, Festival of the Holidays, um, and just put around the different world showcases and hung around for Harmonious. So let's talk about that now, because that's obviously another elephant in the room. Uh, is harmonious and again lots of Brits haven't been able to see it yet because it's it's not been running long and the borders are only yeah. just really kind of reopened um, I've seen uh, footage and we've discussed footage of it that uh, we saw when it first opened I mean obviously as you know when you see this stuff on YouTube or whatever it might be beautifully filmed in 4k or something but it's still mm. not the same as uh, being there yeah. Um, yeah. What what were your takes on that um, I could have left before it finished, to be honest. Um, <laughs> oh. just, honestly, um, I, I'm probably a bit biased. I, we absolutely love um, Reflections of Earth Illuminations. We always liked it. Um, and and this one, um, it, it just, I mean, we will watch it. We only watched it once in the time we were there. Um, we will obviously watch it again when we go back. We'll give it another shot. Um, but it just didn't. It just didn't take us at all. Um, I mean, Jane as well. I mean, she just thought it was a mess. Um, you know, that the whole thing was just all over the place. Um, you've got these horrible, huge monstrosities in the lake, which now I've seen them in person. After I admit, I don't like them. Um, there was this rumours of having fountains coming off them during the day to try and disguise them and things during the day, but well, there's nothing. They just, they just sat there during the day, nothing coming off them. Um, and so obviously it, it does definitely spoil the views around World Showcase. There's no doubt about that. Um, if you're looking through what was the, is it the Japanese sort of pagoda type thing, you just mm -hmm. got to frame that beautiful picture of, of the ball. Well, you do, but you get a horrible you know, arm or a stargate at the side of it now, so it doesn't look quite so good. Um, That's terrible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And the show itself, I, I don't know, it, 
it's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain it. Um, it's just that the whole show was just was just a mess. It was just music that they've tried to bring from the different countries. So obviously Africa, you stick the Lion King in there or Jungle Book or whatever it was, I can't remember now. Um, something with Moana, I think, or uh, things with Mulan in it to, to reflect different countries. So I, I accept that. And, but it just, I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't flow very well. To be honest, it, you know, the fireworks were great, and there's no problem with the fireworks. But seeing what was going on, to be honest, is very, very difficult. And that, that's maybe part of the problem. I think if you stood at the front of the World Showcase between those two shops when you first go in, and you stand there and you watch it, and you've got the f- the full-on view of the the Stargate, the circular thing with with the the fountains on it and and the screens on there, then you might get a different experience. But I'm just not willing to wait two hours to get that experience because that's you know people were queuing up before hours before to see this, um, and from the you know previously you could watch reflections from anywhere around World Showcase and get a decent view. You know the odd tree might obscure the globe, um, but you could you could appreciate the show, the fireworks, the music. This one um, you can't. You know I think we end up stood maybe in Italy or past there somewhere. And we got like a, a, a really poor side view of one of these, um, one of these barges. Couldn't really see what was going on on the barges in terms of, of the film. Um, so to, to me, it was a it, it was a poor replacement for reflections. And um, we will give another go, obviously, and it might grow on us. But I wasn't very impressed, um, to be honest. I mean, all they had to do was spruce up reflections, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Literally think, put a bit of pixie dust on it. I think one of the problem is that we're, we're, we're probably on this podcast very biased. We're, we're quite passionate, understand the history of Epcot and things, read the books about it. And 95% of the guests that go will love it because it's Disney. It's Disney music. It's all the music they know from the films. But I just didn't think it worked in, in Epcot. And I mean, the thing is, I, I mean, I, I was never a massive fan of illuminations reflections on earth of earth but um you know i understand people are very passionate about it and that's great this to me although i thought what i saw looked quite good and again i'm looking at it from from one angle um yeah. i think the problem is is that like you say you could stand pretty much anywhere and get a good view of uh, illuminations yeah. and if you can't now it sounds like it's very similar to um well not being able to have a good view anywhere is a problem because then yeah. as you say you've got to either stand in the, the perfect spot for a few hours before just to get a good view and that's not good for anybody um but the other thing as well is that and this is the same you could say about the paris version of illuminations now they've taken a nighttime show which had a narrative and a flow to it and they've just made it a mega mix of disney content which yeah doesn't really mean anything it's just more advertising for you know the the brand which just doesn't serves a purpose from that point of view but isn't very fulfilling and i wasn't the only person leaving there um who wasn't massively impressed you know i could hear several other people leaving there saying "Mm, yeah i wasn't too impressed with that that that's not as good you know but as i say that the problem not problem is but you know, 95% of people who, who love the Disney movies, who probably don't, uh, they're not as geeky as some of us, I guess, in terms of, of their, their Disney history, etc., will just love it because it is, it's Disney. And if you can get a good view of it, it probably is a great show. Um, I think I think if you analyse, if we, if we put our thinking acts on, right, the last few years, all the Disney films that have been coming out recently have all been from, one of the pavilions. Uh, yeah, I mean, to to an extent, yeah. Uh, I mean, there are some that aren't represented in Epcot at all, but, but you're right. But when they it. can, I, I think if they put the mind to it, you could literally have a, a, a new Disney film at most of the pavilions now. Well, most, I mean, most of the pavilions have been represented in some way in a film. I mean, I mean, France has obviously been used quite a few times. Um, yeah. You know, England. You know, not not as much, but you know, absolutely. Mary Poppins, I guess you could say. Mary Poppins, Poppins Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. Mary Poppins was supposed to be an expansion over there. Um, yeah. Germany, you could argue Snow White. Um, 
you know there there are there are various things um mexico yeah yeah sort of canada now. brother bear yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> indeed um yeah so that i mean that's that's not ideal and i think the biggest problem when you've got a a show that's supposed to be viewed from around a lagoon that's that's circular is that if you've got something that you can't enjoy from from every angle then it's it's almost redundant the castle shows have always been different because you know you don't have much option but yeah. you well, at, you're at least also in one direction show, at least for the castle show now the the you know you can watch it from the in front of the castle and all the way down the main street and they'll put illuminations um, or, or these projections, sorry, on the on the buildings down the main street. Yes. So even if you're on the main street, you know, we, we stood halfway down there and you could see these projections, which added to it um, yes. and gave those people a bit extra because you do struggle to see the projections on the castle being that far away. So that that's well thought out and mm. works there. But as, yeah, you're absolutely right, Nick. The, the big problem is that you can't, whether you enjoy the show or not for harmonious, you can't enjoy it fully from all parts of around the lake. Yeah, that, that is a, that's a massive flaw that they should really, uh, really have thought of. But um, anyway, regardless. Um, yeah. So look, you disappeared to Universal for a few days. Then mm-hmm. you came back to Disney. Um, you did. One thing we haven't really touched on very much, and uh, you, you did mention it in passing, is the fact that this was also um, your first and everybody's first time going to mm-hmm. park with the introduction of uh, the, the new Disney Genie service um we were talking before you went away and talking about because obviously touring plans has been a company that's been doing similar stuff for you know decades uh and now disney are are doing their own kind of version um so what did you do in the end and and what was your experience of of it like we 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 purchased the touring plans. I think it was something like about fifteen pounds um, for twelve months, and and yeah. man, with all the the time, you know, the, the, the holidays we've missed, we'll be going a few times this year. So it, it money well spent, to be honest. Um, and I think with touring plans, I think there's two ways of using it. There's there's the really, you know, headlong way of, of actually doing a touring plan and saying, right, I'm going to the park this year, and I want to do all of these rides. I'm going to have these breaks, these lunch breaks, and it'll give you a touring plan and try and predict the best way to tour the park. Um, and also, if you want to walk, if you don't mind walking side to side, it, it will take that into account. If you don't, you know, if you want to actually not walk as much and but don't mind queuing a bit more, you can take that into account. So it's pretty good in that way. Or, or the other way of using it, I think, is is just to use it as a um, to compare really with with what Disney's actually saying. So you can you can look at the wait times on on the Disney app or the, at the rides, and you can go on the Tourism Plan app and actually see what they actually think the real wait time will be. So there's two ways you can either do that sort of full on touring plan and, and go for it every day, or you can just go in and guess and play it by ear and think right, okay, what what's the what's the wait times? What does Tourism Plan say? Right, I'll, I'll go on that and I'll go on this ride then that ride and try and plan your way around the park to the the lowest wait times. Um, we we were not buying Genie Plus. That was never going to happen. Um, <laughs> or Lightning Lane. Never not going to do that. I just don't agree with it fundamentally. The only time we'll use we'll ever use that is um, we're going back later this year, and we're taking um, Jane's daughter with us. She hasn't been for about fifteen years, wow. and if you know she's she's nearly thirty now, <laughs> so and she's a mad Star Wars fan and things. So at the end of the day, if it's a matter of, of, of you know, it will be a one-off trip for her um, when we take her this time. Um, she won't be going back in the immediate future. So if it's a matter of paying to go on Rise of Resistance rather than waiting two or three hours, then that might happen as a one-off. But it's not something I'm willing to do all the time because I just, I just disagree with paying, what, so many hundred pounds a year for an annual pass and then Genie plus $15 and then extra to ride other rides. I, I'm just not doing that. So we tried, we tried to tour in a different way, which was getting as early as we can and ride the big headliners like Rise of Resistance um, and then use the touring plans app to see um, what the actual wait times are predicted at and what touring plans think they were going to be um, and, and see if we can plot our way around and, and have a good day um, in that respect. I, I'll give you an example of you, actually, what we did on one day. Um, this is without any Genie Plus we were at Hollywood Studios in the morning, 
and we did Rise of the Resistance, Rock and Roller Coaster, and Tower of Terror. So three of the big hitters. And then we had three and a half hours off, went to Disney Springs, had lunch, had a bit of relaxing time. Then we hit Magic Kingdom after two o'clock, I think about three o'clock maybe. And we did Monsters, Inc., Space Mountain, the TTA, the Tiki Room, Pirates of the Caribbean, Big Thunder Mountain, the Speedway Cars, Currently Bears, Hall of Presidents, and Watch the Fireworks. And that's without any Genie or Genie Plus. And to me, that's not a bad day. Um, that, that's, that's a lot of rides in one day. Yeah. You know, we didn't. You know, we didn't. We didn't wait too long. Um, you know, you, you'd, we'd look at the app on that morning and rock and roll across the. Um, might say there's a 45 minute wait on on Genie Plus or Genie or whatever you want to call it, and, and on the ride attraction, and touring plans would say expect to wait 25 minutes. Um, and again, you've also got the option of single rider, so you know with a family you might want to do single rider, but as, as a couple. Me and Jane don't mind the odd times when we've got to jump on a yeah. single rider to, to save to save 45 minutes. So, and Tower of Terror, another one, which, you know, a lot of the time would say 45-minute wait and touring plans would say 25 minutes. And more often than not, touring plans was right. So that that's your experience using mm. Genie, is that it, it's, it's doing the same thing that touring plans does, yeah. but it's doing it at Disney time not uh, a more seemingly more, I've got to caveat that, seemingly more accurate time with touring plans. I I listen to um, a DVC for Brits, Brits, what's it called? Brits Guides Guides DVC. And uh, David from Disney for Brits travel agent has just got back and he put a different slant on it. And it he basically said Disney at the moment don't want guests to have a negative experience. So if they get to a ride, as you say, Tower of Terror, 45 minute wait, and they, and they get on and it's only a 25 minute wait, then they they think they've won, they think they've got something. Yeah, but then yeah. I would I don't I'd argue <laughs> I'd argue you know that Disney have always done that. Like you know, yeah. before the invention of Genie, um, you know, and, I and think... even when I work, even I mean, I've never used touring plans. So I know what it is, but if I'd go to an attraction and it would say a forty-five minute wait or an hour wait, quite often you'd be you'd be through that much quicker. So I don't, I I, I don't think I don't think that's Disney putting a spin on it. I think that's Disney. Disney have always done that, possibly for the exact same reason. But I don't I don't think it's yeah. a win. I I I don't think it's a win either. I think I agree absolutely with it was an interesting slant, right? Mm. It was it was wearing Disney glasses basically. Your rose tinted glasses to get a pos- a plus from yeah. something that is obviously negative. But now that you're paying for it, and if you turn up on the day, I watched um I watched Mr. Morrow, um page in Mr. Morrow's YouTube channel. He turned up, right? On Thanksgiving or, or Thanksgiving weekend, he went to Hollywood Studios. He got there about half 11 in the morning and he went and bought the, the Disney Genie Plus app. He paid the $15 on site. There you go. I've paid me $15 and there was no rides available left for him to book. And that is an absolute disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. We, had, we, had a similar, we had a similar one, Craig. I think I told you about this one. Was we were in Jungle Cruise, which was the only... I think Jungle Cruise was the only fail we had with touring plans. That was a nightmare. We ended up waiting about an hour and 45 minutes to get on Jingle Cruise. Um, <laughs> when it said it was a 55-minute wait from Disney, and you know, it was, it was I don't know, something, something went wrong somewhere. Um, but there was a couple in front of us and who who said, oh, I'm not waiting 55 minutes for this for this ride. This was, a, this was at lunchtime. It's probably about half 12, 1 o'clock or something, I think it was. And they, they went to the, the, the cast member there and inquired about it. And obviously, I think we went on to buy Genie Plus just there and then. And then we're told after they bought it, there was no reservation for Jungle Cruise till 7 o'clock. Now, who knows? They might not be in the park for another five or six hours. Um, I mean, surely, surely the obvious way of getting around that is by actually showing you mm. what yeah. the times are. Because if I'm if I'm stuck in a queue like that, 
and I think, okay, what what's when can I get a Lightning Lane reservation mm. for this? And it tells me, oh, at the moment you can get one for three o'clock. Yeah. Well, then you click buy, right? But instead, yeah. what they're asking you, to, what again you to do is buying it and then saying, right now we've got your money. This is what you're allowed to have. And yeah. it seems like such a, a a backwards way of doing it. And yeah. if you know, if you go back to Craig and oh, not Craig, but what Craig was saying about uh, David and his Disney like specs on, that's the opposite. Um, doing that only leaves a negative experience. If Disney want to um, do something to make the guests feel better, rather than uh, increasing the wait times of attractions so they actually get on quicker than they're advertised to be, and that makes them happy, why don't they advertise instead that annual passes are $1,000 and then when you go to buy one, it's 750 Right, that that's how you make someone happy. <laughs> Please, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not not ten minutes quick on a, on a attraction, but that seems like such a flawed system. And the problem is because we've been when you told us about it, we was discussing that in our little uh, chat group, and you know uh, somebody said, "Well, it's it's like fraud," and it's like, "Well, that that's the thing. It's not because what when it when you do this it doesn't guarantee you the ride's going to be available it doesn't guarantee you what the times will be so it doesn't say like you know if you if you pay for disney uh for genie plus that you'll get uh you know an attraction within an hour or, or whatever it literally yeah. just then opens up an extra portal for you to be able to get these attractions yeah. so if they advertise that first it would be much less misleading than getting you to buy it and then telling you what yeah. you're left with, which just yeah. seems so so dodgy to me. I, th- I think as well, in terms of the Genie Plus side of it, um, if, if you are going to go down that route, I think only certain parks would be worth it. Uh, Magic mm. Kingdom, I think, might well be worth it because there are a lot of attractions in Magic Kingdom that you could maybe just get in there early and, and, and do one after another over the course of the day. But you go to somewhere like um, Animal Kingdom, you know, which has got some great rides there, but you know, obviously Avatar and I think the Safaris are both Lightning Lane only, not Genie Plus. So you're left with um, what you're left with then: um, the Navi River Adventure, potentially um, Everest. Dino- Everest and Dinosaur. Yeah. It might actually might be Everest, might be Lightning Lane, it might be Kilimanjaro, the other way. But whichever, you know, that's not a lot of things left over because then the rest yeah. of the things that you can you can use for Genie Plus are things like um, the Lion King show or um, Finding Nemo when it comes back, or the, or the bird show. And re- do you really need to book up um, you know, a, a lightning lane for those things? If you get there 10, 15 minutes early, you generally be okay. Um, so I'm, I'm See, just, what's yeah. interesting as well, though, uh, we, and we were discussing this on, on that Disneyland Paris uh, podcast, is that Sinead, who had just come back from Disneyland Paris, did actually buy a Premier Access, it's called, over in, in, in France, mm. um, to get on... Uh, Remy. Now, yeah. when she she bought that, and she she goes into why she bought it. She was she feels very much like you and very much like us about this not being a you know a great thing. Um, but she was waiting for the slot to become available that she wanted, and in the end, I think I think it was about an hour before she wanted the the time that she needed and, that she could book Yeah, it. that was very interesting. That I well, found that very interesting. Yeah, that to me suggests that it's not. It's not being taken up in France now. Yeah. It, maybe it is. Maybe it was just that particular day. But you know, when you're talk, when when you gave your experience there of, of Jingle Cruise and the fact that yeah. at lunchtime they couldn't get a reservation until the evening, and Sinead had to literally sit there until they were opening the slot that she wanted available because they were, you know, obviously only open so many hours in a, in a, a time. Um, that suggests it's not being taken up in in France. Yeah. So. Be interesting that, to see. It, I how think this it's in Florida still. I think the Paris way of doing it was more fairer. Or, yeah, because it told you it told you the times. Yeah. 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 No, I don't think they were releasing multiple. Uh, yeah, it maybe not. It might be that it's not getting taken up, but maybe they're only set like releasing an hour at a time, something like that. Well, they, I know, they, I know they, in America, they, the lightning lane for something, they were saying was selling out by one minute past seven. Yeah, yeah which is how how disgusting. I mean, how do you combat that? Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's 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 no different to the old days. Toy Story Mania, 
you used to have your radios. Somebody had run and get in the in the queue for rock yeah. and roller coaster, and you'd have to run and get your your paper fast passes, yeah. and then meet them in the queue for rock and roller coaster. But the, I've got them. But the difference is now is that when somebody was doing that, they weren't paying fifteen dollars for the privilege of doing that. No, and it's I think it is it. So you can start booking from seven in the morning anywhere so, yeah. on property. Yes. Is it? Yes. Yeah. So maybe it needs to be location based. But Disneyland in California changing that, and you're going to have to be actually in the theme park before you can book yeah. the rides, which is a yeah. better idea. We read, I read an article today where somebody paid for it in Disneyland, and they did 26 rides in a day. Right. Um, yeah. It just seems it was a quiet day, and he, he caveated that he said it was a quiet day. It was December the tenth or whatever. Yeah. It was a Friday or a Thursday, so they could do it. But maybe will, that's what it has to be. Yeah, we will talk about that on a future episode. Um, but another thing that we haven't, and I know we haven't got much time left uh, on this episode, but one thing we haven't really talked about is uh, you know how the parks were, and you've mentioned. Uh, you know, kind of in passing about the the use of masks in the park and 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 or lack of. Um, so, going there after what we've we've been going through for the last eighteen months, what was your experience like being in the parks? Um, generally, I, I thought it was okay. Um, they, they were in Disney, and we've got Universal later on another time. Um, in Disney, they still have the mask mandate for um, anything that is indoors, so any restaurants indoors. Um, any rides indoors, even if it starts indoors and goes outside, you meant to leave your your mask on. So things like I guess Seven Dwarves Mine Coaster, um, you, you should be wearing your mask. And and I actually thought that um, the majority of people um, were abiding by that by that sort of ruling. And, and you know, and and cast members were, when necessary, you know, picking people up and saying, "Excuse me, put your mask over your face, over your nose," um, when it was pulled down, etc. So. Um, that that felt, um, felt absolutely fine. I didn't have a problem with that, um, and it, you know, you, you just got used to it. You had your mask, you know, ready to go as soon as you moved indoors, and and it, and it wasn't. It, it really wasn't a problem. It didn't. It didn't take away from any of the enjoyment as, as far as I was concerned. Um, I think the only times when when you when you felt um, that sort of I don't know what you call it a little bit wary was, I guess, the fireworks shows. So, as I said, Magic Kingdom, when you're on Main Street and everyone is crammed in together within the, the masking tape lines on the floor, um, and then, you know, people come and crush in at the end, you know, just before the fireworks go off, and no one's wearing masks, or, or very few, let's say. Um, then I think um, I felt a little bit vulnerable, just because I think it was towards the end of the holiday, I didn't want to go and get a positive result before I came home and get stuck there for two weeks. So that was the only time, really, I felt anything, any, any worry whatsoever. Generally, I, it felt really comfortable. And it was it was ran pretty well, I thought, to be honest. No, that's, that's what, what, what did you think of the, like, the 50th celebrations as a whole? Um, there's, there's not a lot there, really, is there? That's, if I'm honest, I mean, I think it's... <laughs> It's meant to be obviously the, the new the new rides, which like Tron and, and Guardians of the Galaxy, which are not ready yet. Obviously, we rode Remy, which was held back for the fifth, which we did get on eventually. We had to get a virtual pass. So I had to get up at 10 to 7 in the morning in the hotel room to get a, a pass at 7 o'clock, um, which was a pain in the backside. Because when we got there, I got in the queue, it went down. So we, we got told to go away and come back later. We came back later. Um, and it went down again. So we got sent away again uh, and eventually got on, I think, about four hours after our boarding pass time was. It was a good little ride. It was okay. Um, I think we both thought, it, you know, it's a nice ride if you can get on there. Not something I queued for much more than half an hour, um, but it was okay. Other than that, I mean, you've got the statues, uh, the golden statues all over the different parks, which are a nice little touch and the, the castle's been decorated for the for the 50th, it look, it, the cast looks really, really nice, I've got to admit. Um, but other than that, there's not there's not a great deal. I mean, you've got the new fireworks show at Magic Kingdom, which is which is okay. It's you know better than the, the Epcot one. It's it's very similar to the previous ones, you know, it's it's projections on the castle and, and fireworks um, with the Disney music, and it's good. 
it, it's really it's really good. Um, but other than that, I'm trying to think what else there actually was for the 50th. Um, Cupcakes, merchandise. <laughs> merchandise and cakes, yeah, there's lots of that, yeah. Um, cakes are fine, a lot of it's fine. Um, to be honest, as I say, we didn't buy a huge amount of merchandise this time. We, we really, I think because of the increase in prices of everything nowadays, um, that we, you know, we, 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 we didn't go mad this time. We, we were careful. Um, went off site and ate a lot in different restaurants and places, or at a lot of quick service, um, and 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 didn't go didn't go crazy because you know it, it's it's getting more and more expensive to get over there anyway nowadays. Mm. Um, that you know I think you just got to be be careful with what you do. So yeah, it was it, yeah, there's bits around, but I, I don't know. The fiftieth didn't seem that big of a deal to be honest. What about um, any highlights? And low lights of any dining. Um, we now then, what did we do? We, Universal's got some good dining, but I'll come to that later on. <laughs> um, we went to where did we go? Oh, yeah, Steakhouse 71. We went to Steakhouse 71 in the Contemporary, which was the old wave. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we booked up there for a lunchtime reservation. That was fantastic. That was absolute. I thought that was absolutely stunning. Um, a nice little restaurant, not too far away. We, I think we were in Magic King that day, so we, we took the lunchtime out to go there. And, and that was a really nice um, experience. That was a, I think we went, went for the, the, the Stackhouse burger I went for, um, which was really nice. It was burger with um, egg on there, cheese on there, and I think pork belly on there as well on top of it. Ooh. It was really, really good. Um, yeah, definitely sounds, recommend there. Sounds like you can get to... <laughs> Yeah, true, yeah. Um, you could have the bun. <laughs> one probably yeah. Tifton's um, ripping. <laughs> but that yeah, that, that was a that was a really, really nice restaurant, I thought. Um that that was the only real sit-down meal we did in Disney property because as I say, we we tend to go off site and do your olive gardens and long old steakhouse and places which are um much more reasonably priced. But we did do the usual, you know, deluxe burger, which we absolutely love in Disney Springs. Um they had some nice stuff in there again. Um, really enjoyed that. Blaze Pizza. Um, I, I suppose that was that was the low light for me was Blaze Pizza. And it wasn't the food, because the food in Blaze Pizza I think is actually quite good and actually quite reasonably repriced. It was the uh, when I went to the uh, restrooms, as Americans call it, afterwards, and uh, saw one of the Blaze Pizza chaps um, relieving himself and then not washing his hands. <laughs> which oh. was, uh, I, I did put a complaint in about that and got a reply on that. Um, that that was a bit of a low light, I guess. Thinking, hmm, I hope that chap didn't make my pizza before I ate it. Um, well, yeah, depends. I mean, if you made the pizza before you went in the toilets, it's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, the food, you know, otherwise, the food was generally good. You know, we, we did, uh, we always like going to um, Satuli Canteen in uh, Avatar Land. They do some great. Um, great meals in there again. Um, I think I had the uh, no- noodles and and chicken, or noodles and beef. Actually, it was, and, and Jane had the uh, um, the hash and the, the chicken meal. Re- they're they're really good meals in there. Um, really really like them. Um, so yeah, I mean, there wasn't any real low lights in terms of the food. Um, I don't think there's probably one or two two of the the different treats or desserts we got that didn't maybe meet up to standards that that weren't brilliant, but. But generally, you know, what 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 we did eat in Disney um, was was pretty good. Um, we did have one day when we went to is it Battle Express? I think it is in Hollywood Studios. Yeah. And had some um, some Christmas some of the Christmas treats in there, and it was a cake that Jane got, and and I got the oatmeal cookie sandwich. You could have fed. You could. We didn't realize you could have fed a family of ten on those two things. <laughs> it was absolutely. It was. Good. The cookie was the size of there's two cookies, both the size of my head, with ice cream in between or cream in between it, sorry. And, and and Jane's cake she got, um, sponge bundt cake or something. It was like, you know, the size of a small car. Um just you know, bonkers, you know. <laughs> but that's that's the American way, and it absolutely massive portions of the food. Um but yeah, very I, I think overall the food experience on Disney property was was actually pretty good for what we had. So it's been a long time since you've been able to mm. go. Um, you know, obviously a lot of anticipation, a lot of, mm. um, and I know 
uh, with you, a lot of cancelled and rescheduled trips. Yeah. So this was the end, you know, this was, you know, a long time coming, this journey. Um, yeah. What was your overall takeaway from this trip? Um, we enjoyed it, I would say, as much as we, as we always do. Um, I think the difference is um, with fast pass, because we knew how to use the fast pass system. We knew how to get our bookings for those big rides um, before we went. I think the big takeaway is if, if you're not willing to pay for the Lightning Lane and Genie Plus and things, then you're going to have to start to tour differently. Um, we, what we found, we found we were rope dropping a lot more than we, we ever used to um, to get on those big rides. So to get on Rise of Resistance, to get on um, the flight of, flight of passage at Avatar, you know, we, we were hitting the theme parks um, at or before opening time as a hotel guest to do those big rides to then give us the rest of the day to, to, to have our leisure and, and do the rides, which we never used to do. Um, I think because we're DVC members and been many, many times, we got into a stage where, you know, if we do go somewhere um, to a theme park and we don't ride a ride, it's not the end of the world. So we, we know we'll be going back. Um, but the big rides that we do want to ride, um, we, we, we really have to get there early to ride them. That's the big takeaway. And I think the other thing for us was there was a couple of rides that we didn't ride this time. So things like, um, trying to remember now, Frozen Ride in Epcot, um, we, we didn't ride this time. Um, the Navi River um, journey we didn't ride. Probably one or two more others as well that we didn't ride. Um, I think you just got to maybe lower your expectation a little bit, unless you're happy to wait in big queues. Um, and I think, you know, we, we maybe are very different to other people that go because we are regular visitors. Um, you know, we've always been in the past that we don't really like waiting in queues more than half an hour because um, you get your fast passes and get on the good rides and then the rest of you, you pick and choose what is what is short waits. Um, and I think that, that that's the big change for us is, is how we tour. Um, don't believe the times that Disney gave you because they're not always correct. And, and more often than not, you'll wait, wait a bit less than that. That's a big takeaway as well. So, yeah, how we tour, I think, will change in the future. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much uh, for telling us about your Disney experience. Um, as I said, we are going to be doing the same thing uh, about Universal. So uh, if you want to go and listen to Steve tell us about that, then go and listen to that Universal podcast. It'll be the same episode, uh, same date drop as this one has been. Uh, but... Um, you know, just on the I way see out. blanching your sprouts, getting ready for Christmas dinner. <laughs> exactly. The turkey is pre-cooked, if that's what you're having. Uh, I won't even tell you what I'm having this year. Um, but, um, yeah, thank you for listening uh, throughout the year. Well, I know it's been another weird year with COVID and everything like that, but thank you for sticking with us. Um, and I hope you and yours all have a wonderful Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. God bless us, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. Glad you kept it. This podcast is a that production and part of the After Dark Podcast Network. Ha, 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 ha.